Obviously, I'm not Pastor Trey, um, but my name is Sean, if we have not met before, and I'm one of the elders here, and uh, I just want to thank Trey for the opportunity he gave me to, to speak with you this morning. Uh, I feel like God's placed something on, something on my heart that I'm excited to share, so let's pray first, because I definitely need it, and uh, we'll get started. Father God, we, uh, we thank you for the space and time this morning. God, to, to open your word, God, to uh, read your truth, God, and uh, to, together as a community, find ways to walk it out. God, I pray that uh, you'd be glorified this morning, God, through uh, the message, God, that my words would be your words, God, and that we'd all uh, leave this space transformed and more rooted in you. God, we pray all this uh, in your mighty son's name. Amen. All right. Well, are there any tree huggers in the room? I know it's kind of weird to me. We got one. That's good. Um, when I was in high school, my friends called me a tree hugger uh, because I love spending time in the wilderness with trees. And uh, I've, throughout my life, I've always been drawn uh, to the wilderness, to the wild spaces. Um, it's a place where I find restoration for my soul. It's also a place where uh, it seems like God's voice is a little, little louder when I'm out in the wild spaces, um, pulled away from the noise of everyday life. And it's in these wild spaces where God has opened my eyes to see his glory and his artisan work the most. So in the wild spaces, I've been mesmerized by trees. All the different types of trees. I might be considered a tree nerd. I'm definitely not a tree scientist. I've um, been like, intrigued in the stages of growth of trees. And oftentimes, uh, the wild trees have had a spooky resemblance of humans, which has made me think of how similar trees are to humans. How we share the common necessities of life, like air, water, nutrients, the aspect of the trees that intrigues me the most is their root systems, the architecture, the size, the strength. Most of are overlooked because it's below the surface. Some trees have shallow roots. Some trees have mid-level roots. Some trees have really deep roots. There's some uh, scientists in uh, Norway, I believe, that were doing some investigative work <laughs> They found roots as deep as 123 feet, which is pretty mind-blowing to think about. So you may be asking yourself, why are we talking about trees on a Sunday morning? Well, it's because I have the microphone, and uh, Trey is out of town this weekend, and he said I could speak on whatever I want. So, no, more importantly, uh, the Bible talks a lot about trees, about the growing process. And the, the authors of the Holy Scriptures reference the nature of trees as it relates to the spiritual aspects of our souls. Someone else who was a follower of Christ, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, was not far off when he envisioned the Ents in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I got really excited when I watched the two towers and I saw those guys come to life. It's a race of human-like tree giants that could walk and talk and battle against evil. So to that, long live Treebeard. 
So often I've thought of my life as a metaphorical tree. As I've encountered uh, different trees in the wild spaces, some have stopped me in my tracks, and some trees God has used to speak to me on a soul level. One summer when I was backpacking deep in the Cascades, we came across this massive old-growth fir tree uh, that had fallen over. The trail we were on kind of traversed underneath the, the root system of the tree, and as we stopped, we like took in like how immense this root system was. It's probably between 30 and 40 feet in diameter. It's this massive root system. We all noticed that all the roots were growing in the same direction, almost like a large disc. And then we realized why this giant fir tree had fallen. So the uprooted tree haunted me as I stood underneath its massive root system. And then I heard a still, small voice whisper to me. I believe it was God asking, are your roots deep or shallow like this tree? And are you rooted in me? So fast forward about a decade, I found myself coming out of the fog of war from the global upheaval that we all experienced. And God took me back to that uprooted giant tree during a time of prayer with him. I realized that my soul had been growing in the shallow soil of all the madness we encountered. And I too felt like that fir tree in the wilderness. So this question God asked me 10 years earlier became a revelation when after the pandemic, a friend shared uh, this passage with me from the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. It's a prayer given to that church over 2,000 years ago. I've really enjoyed um, walking through Acts with Pastor Trey and uh, where this uh, letter fits into um, the book of Acts is uh, pretty significant. In chapter 19, uh, Paul outlines the work that um, the Apostle John was doing in the church in Ephesus, and ultimately the work that Paul got to do there for two years. So out of his heart cry for this church, he, he uh, shares this with them, and I think it's as relevant then as it is now. Paul says, I pray that from his glorious riches and unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep God's love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So I'd love to kind of like center this talk around that verse this morning and talk about what it means to be rooted in Christ so this prayer that uh, Paul gave to the Ephesians 
kind of opened my eyes to the reality that Christ dwells in my heart through the faith given by the Spirit. And if we are rooted in God's love, then we will be filled up and have the resilience to endure the hardships of life. The past couple years of madness has taught me that I desperately need a faith to endure and a hope that could anchor my soul during these storms. I don't think they're over yet. <laughs> Jesus speaks to that, that in this life we'll have trouble. Um, and then I, I foresee the future being full of more of that. But this, this verse gives me hope. And this morning, my prayer for us as a community is that we too might tap our roots deep into God's love and through the power of the Spirit be able to endure and stand firm in our faith till the end. So looking at uh, a little bit into tree science, I found um, a tree expert named Jim Urban. And uh, he did some work uh, a long time ago in the 30s. And he's, this tree expert states that early studies of tree roots from the 1930s, often working in easy-to-dig soils, presented an image of trees with deep roots and root architecture that mimicked the structure of the top of the tree. The idea of a deeply rooted tree became embedded as a typical root system for all trees. Then Jim goes on to say that later work on urban trees that were planted in more compacted soils more often found very shallow, horizontal root systems. Jim goes on to say that urban foresters have successfully spent a lot of energy trying to make people understand that tree roots have a basically horizontal orientation to the point that today even many tree professionals believe that deep roots in trees are a myth. I found that pretty interesting. So in our broken, shallow world, we've, we've been convinced that the easy road is the best, that the shallow soil will, will suffice, that quick growth horizontally is the best. But our roots grown into shallow, shallow soil on top of bedrock will not endure the storms of life. We as trees will not be able to stand against the spiritual forces that wage war against us if our roots only grow in the shallows. Jesus spoke directly to the problem of faith planted in the shallows in the parable of the, so of the sower. I'd love to read that this morning. Jesus, speaking to his followers, gave this parable. He said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across the field, some seeds fell on the footpath, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. Check out what happened. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among the thorns and grew up and choked out other plants, and still other seeds fell on the fertile soil and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much 
as had been planted. I think the disciples and the followers scratched their head, like, why is he talking about seeds and farming? This is weird. So Jesus goes on later to explain to them, after a lengthy, lengthy description of how uh, incompetent they were, that uh, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those that hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Check this out, though. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. It's powerful. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those that hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of life and the lure of wealth, so, that, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. So when we look around us today, I think most of us can name a handful of friends or family, possibly in that second category of soil condition. They once received the gospel with joy, but are no longer standing with Jesus, standing in the truth. Their roots were shallow, and they have fallen away. They couldn't take the persecution of believing God's word and chose the praise and opinions of man over the truth. In 2010, the best-selling book on the New York Times list was a book called The Shallows by an author named Nicholas Carr. It warned us and showed us the evidence of what the internet 10 plus years ago, was doing to our brains. Nicholas Carr says that in the case of the internet, the sheer volume and messages of the web's very design are changing our brains away from deep thought and towards a more rapid response, a shallow existence. And in that change, we are losing our ability to think deeply. Thinking deeply and living deeply is how God has designed us to thrive most when we're living in him. In this life, we are given a choice where we want to spend our emotional and mental energy. One of my favorite authors is a gentleman named John Eldridge, who's also um, spent uh, quite a few decades counseling people as well. He recently wrote a new book called Resilient, which I would encourage you to, to pick up when you get some time. John, uh, in the book, outlines the three levels of our being, where we find ourselves mentally, emotionally, on any given day and time, based on the circumstances around us usually. So John outlines these three levels as the shallows, the midlands, and the depths. He says the shallows are where we have fleeting thoughts throughout the day, most of which are spun off of social media, the news, politics, friend group dramas, trying to keep up with the Joneses, our appearance, our likes, 
our fame, what people think of us. The midlands of our being are where we have the longings and hopes and dreams, the serious concerns of life. Can we pay our bills? Who's going to take care of our parents as they age? And who are our kids becoming? Where do we live? Those types of concerns. John outlines that the depths are the deep places within us where we cry out for love, hope, and joy, which feels almost primal. This is the level where we connect with God down in the depths of our soul. John says the depths are also categorized by the eternal things that will last forever. John goes on to say that we all have a deep inner life, and whether we pay attention to it or not, this is very hopeful because we can learn to access it. I believe with John that also, uh, just as our souls, our beings exist in three levels, if we think about ourselves as metaphorical trees, I believe our lives also exist in two different realms. We can think of uh, the visible tree, our physical state as the physical world around us, and then the invisible root system as the spiritual world, which we can't see. Last week, Pastor Trey highlighted Ephesians 6, which reinforces this thought, and that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and the powers of the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, as Paul reminds us. God has designed us to live in both of these realms, to thrive both in the physical world and in the spiritual world. But most of our short life here on this broken planet is focused on what's above the surface and less on what matters most underneath the surface and what's found in eternity. So about 17 years ago, uh, my family were able to buy a new house in Snoqualmie. It was great. We, uh, we got to pick out the lot where the house was, and we're so excited to build our house on this specific lot because it had a protected green space behind the house, and it was a beautiful forest with these massive evergreen trees, and I was so excited to think about waking up each morning and just soaking in the beauty of these majestic trees. But little did we know that the forest was under attack from within. After five years, we started to know that some of the larger trees started turning orange and brown, and then their needles would fall off. And so the city arborist was called in. Shout out to Phil. Thanks, Phil. He uh, came and removed one of the largest dead trees um, for fear that it would fall on our house. So we're grateful to uh, have that taken down. But it was sad to see these beautiful trees start to die off one by one. And so some tr uh, tree scientists were called in from UW, and they came and took soil samples of the forest behind our house, and they discovered that 
laminated root rot existed in the soil, which was a toxic fungus. And they said it was spreading quickly throughout the forest and that it was only a matter of time before the whole forest was going to die. Slightly depressing. We haven't sold our house yet. But every morning when I wake up, I make a cup of tea. And as I sip and stare out into the infected forest, I'm reminded of my own decay. The toxic soil so many times I've tried to set my roots in. And I think for many of us in our life, we feel like our roots have taken uh, root in a toxic soil like this. We look alive on the outside, above the surface, for a little while. But below the surface, our souls are dying. The sad thing is the trees behind my house have no means by which to relocate themselves, their root systems. But the beauty is for us, humans, who've been made in the image of God and given the choice of free will, the best news this morning is that we can choose to be relocated. We can choose better soil. So the big question this morning is, why do we need to be deeply rooted? Well, I believe, and Scripture points to, that one, because apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Jesus spoke directly of this in John 15 when he reminded us, that he is the true vine, and we are the branches. I also believe we need to be deeply rooted because true hope and joy can only be found in him, in Jesus. I also believe we need to be deeply rooted because he is coming back any day to take us and those who are still standing home with him forever. So the question is, are our roots connected enough to the true source of life to be able to endure the continued madness ahead? Or will our trees, our faith, topple in these last days? Jesus warned his followers of what I believe the times we're living in right now. In Matthew 24, He spoke to his disciples and said that, and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. And sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all the nations will hear it. And then the end will come. Paul also reminds the church in Thessalonica about the last days and this falling away that will happen. He tells the church, let no one in any way deceive you. For it, meaning the end, will not come unless the apostasy, which is translated as the falling away, comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. So friends, I believe that we are living in the days of the fallen away. 
Like I said in the beginning, humans and trees share a lot of similarities. But, there's a big but, we are different than the trees in the sense that we have been given a choice by God of free will to either fall away or stay remained in him. We have been given a choice to choose the tools that will determine our destiny. We are different than the trees because we can choose either poor, poor soil or good soil. Our roots are not permanently determined by fate or chance. The church in Colossae and then us today are encouraged in how they must continue to follow Jesus. And Paul warns them and us of this toxic soil. Paul goes on to tell them, and now, just as you accepted Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. So this morning, how do we let our roots grow deep into him? I believe practically it starts with us believing in faith that Christ lives in us. It lives in you, in the depths, and he's waiting for you to connect with him. We can only do this, as Paul says, by the power of the Spirit. Secondly, I believe that we can grow our roots deep into Christ only if we uproot ourselves from the toxic soil conditions of this world. We must do whatever it takes to move our being, our heart, our mind, our souls into the depths of his good soil. The more time we can spend in the depths with him, the more rooted we will become. Thirdly, I believe that we must stand till the end. We must endure. We must choose Jesus' truth over the opinions of man. And finally, I believe that we have to keep our eyes fixed on eternity with him and all those that are going to join with us who have not fallen away. One thing that's helped me immensely in these last days is an app I'd love to share with you in a practical sense. There's uh, a ministry called Wild at Heart. Uh, they're out of Colorado, and they developed this app that has a 30-day uh, experience designed to help you grow into the depths of God to be fully rooted and to find resilience. It's beautiful uh, imagery and uh, music that combines with it in a meditation sense and scriptures to follow 
in a morning session and an evening session. It's really been um, a true joy for me to, to dive into this, and I, I really feel it uh, strengthening my soul. So I'd love to share that with you this morning as a practical way to get started in that. One thing that encourages me as a follower of Christ is that we know how the story ends. And so I'd love for us to look at the very end of Scripture. In Revelations, and I think the Apostle John can show us the, the sneak peek of what he saw as our future reality, which can be our ultimate hope in connecting deeply with Jesus in these last days. John says, Then I saw, then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street, and on each side of the river grew the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. And the leaves were used for medicine, for healing the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no light, night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever with him. So friends, may I remind all of us that this world and the toxic soils we struggle to find nourishment in one day will be no more. And as the band camp comes up, I'd love to encourage us to, to fix our minds on that one glorious day when all of our roots together will grow deep into the soil that they were created for. All of our roots growing deep and connecting to this eternal water from the river of life flowing from the throne of God where there will be no more pain and sorrow and cancer and violence, and hatred, and death. This is our ultimate hope. But the challenge for us today is we're not there yet. So I encourage each one of us to consider and ask that question that God asked me 10 years ago in the wilderness of do a root check. <laughs> How are, your, how are your roots? Are they shallow? Are they in the Midlands? Are they in the depths? And I'd pray this morning that we all as a community would get the opportunity to reassess, to relocate if we are planted in that toxic soil, to move and to grow deeper in Christ. We're going to finish out here.